Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I am one of your hosts, DJ, and today I'm joined by... Lady Danger again. Hello. Nice to see you here. Thanks for having me back. And you have spearheaded our topic today. We are going to talk about interaction. Look, I see way too many one-dimensional decks out there. It's too many glass cannons. There's too many multiverses for you to be this simple. (laughs) So what do we need to do? We need to upgrade our interaction and in more ways than you're thinking about. But before we get started, let's talk a little bit about our sponsors, Card Kingdom. Yes. Lady, can you tell me about Card Kingdom? Well, it's a place that I go whenever I need to get singles, which I mean, if you watch our show, you know, single, single, singles, prof. I love you. Um, but that's always where I go to get everything. Cardkingdom.com slash the command zone. I mean, if you want to get it quick and easy and fast, and now everything's kind of getting back to the pace that we're used to, we're getting, I'm getting my cards like right away. Yeah, I need my cards. I need my cards before I'm playing with my friends. And so I'm going to go on Card Kingdom yeah. to get them. And there's going to be some in here you might have never heard of. So you might want to check those out. For sure. And if you're going to be hanging out with your friends, you're going to be playing some magic at your local game store. Make sure that you have your deck protected the right way with Ultra Pro products. Make sure that you lay out a beautiful play mat with the best art on it. Make sure that your custom-made commander deck also has the beautiful look of awesome arted sleeves and awesome play mats. Whatever tickles your fancy, make sure you're just flaunting it. That's right. (laughs) And then another way to support the show is directly through Patreon. If uh, you go on Patreon, you can get tons of perks like seeing game nights early, seeing extra turns early. early. Yes. Getting on the Discord, chatting with anyone on there. But also one other perk of the show is that every episode we call out and dedicate the episode to a lucky patron. And this episode is dedicated Dedicated to to Max Max Lundin. Max. You rock. Thanks, Max. (laughs) All right. So the topic is upgrading our interaction. So how do we do that? 
Well, I mean, there's there's tons of cards out there that you're like, our interaction, you know, like Path to Exile, Swords to Plowshares, Beast Within, Cyclonic Whiff, Whiff? Cyclonic Whiff, uh, <laughs> that you you're, you normally see at the play table, right? Yeah, and Chaos Warp. By the way, you mentioned those cards, and those are all in the top 25 cards of EDH, you know. On EDH Rec? Yeah, on EDH Rec. Yeah. And uh, that encompasses like ha- over half a million cards that's insane that's like, so much that's so, so many cards and so we're not here telling you hey use these popular cards they're good and popular yeah because like we know they're good and popular we've seen them many times on game nights we've seen them in many games that we've played this is more about finding um a little bit more community at the table a little bit more of um a political stance to it in a way Ooh. and like having a little bit more fun at the table. So we're we're not necessarily taking our standard interaction that you have in all of your decks and making it more efficient, making it better. We're just making it maybe different or are we making it better in a different way? We're making it different in the way that is maybe a little bit beneficial to everybody at the table, but still allowing you to have the upper hand in all of it. So it still can be very fun and have everybody do something at the table. Cause sometimes I've been in a game where I've kind of been behind. I haven't been able to do anything and I'm just kind of sitting there and watch everybody else play the game. But this is more of like making sure that everybody's interacting, but you're still benefiting from all of it. Okay, so let's look at some different cards. Let's actually look at the card that inspired this this whole topic. Uh, it's a little card that deals with the problem on the board. It's a Druid of Purification. Yeah. Druid of Purification is three and a green for a two, three human Druid. When Druid of Purification enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player may choose an artifact or enchantment you don't control, destroy each permanent chosen this way. Now... The reason why this card was inspired is inspirational for this episode was because you blew me out with this stupid druid (laughs) when we were playing last. I know. I mean, you didn't, you did not see it coming. And like, it's so good. Here's the reason why I didn't see it coming. It's because a lady was like looking at my board of wonderful enchantments, doing nothing, just being enchantments on the battlefield. And, and she says to the table, all right, if we could blow up something, what would it be? Yeah. And uh, like uh, she basically represented like a reclamation scene. Yeah, or everybody like that. totally thought it was a reclamation Yeah. Scene. And so everyone was talking about, no, I'd blow up this, I'd blow up this, I'd blow up that, and stuff like that. And so, and then Lady is like, okay, I guess we all get to have our wish. And she puts down dru- <laughs> this druid. So we had a big conversation. Okay. And then I tried to politic my way out of it. Yeah. It is not I happening. was like, okay, look, you can destroy my Marari's wake. That's fine. But w- I won't destroy any of other, your two friendly people's stuff. If you don't take out two more of my enchantments. Yeah. But there was just so much at the table that needed to be dealt with. And once it starts, I mean, it, it, it you're, they're not going to say no. You're right. Once, <laughs> once the conversation, I think that it was very clever of you to just like open it up and have everyone point at the bad things on the table first, because then we had it in our minds like, no, like we could destroy this thing or that thing. And yeah. so, yeah. It, so anyways, th- but this card for you, like got you a four for one. You blew up three things on my battlefield mm-hmm. and I revenge um, blew up something not of yours. Yeah, not mine. Of another player. Um, and... <laughs> 
and you got a four for one. Yeah. And the other two players were happy with you. Even oh, the person that got something blown up. And I was pretty annoyed at everyone because they went after me triple. Well, it, and that's what I mean by like interactive. Like we knew there were a lot of issues and I knew playing it that of course nobody can do anything to me. I'm fine. And they're definitely going to get rid of your thing. But everybody has a concern at the table when you're trying to threat assess. And so they're like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to get rid of that. And they're like, oh, well, because you got rid of that one thing, I'm going to get rid of this. And so it makes it really interactive and kind of fun. But you also don't know where to place the blame. Which... Fun for who? Okay, yeah, actually, actually, it was actually <laughs> it was, it was... for you to get your revenge. It actually... A little bit, yeah. But <laughs> I would have rather had my three permanents back. But anyways, but you're right. It definitely opened up the table and we took a moment to sort of, number one, threat assess. Yeah. We took a moment to talk and like goof around and like in politic back and forth. Um, and you still played a card that just decimated what you needed to do. Like it still interacted with the battlefield. Yeah. And so I think that this card sort of brings up some inspiration for this episode about the type of interaction we want. And it's not necessarily interaction with the battlefield. It's interaction with your players, with your players, with your friends, with your playgroup, with the people involved. Yeah. For me, like Everybody plays Commander their own way and has like their own preference. And for me personally, um, I like a very social table. Uh, I like winning, but I also don't mind losing. But I like to have a lot of fun. And, and some people think that like that can be very dirtily or it um, you, you don't care about winning at all. And like, yeah, I, I care about winning to an extent, but I also want to have fun. So this allows me to still have a little bit of fun at the table and still putting myself in a, a position of uh, success. So do you feel like you have to like sacrifice power to get that sort of fun interaction? I think some people might think that you have to interact. Uh, or you have to sacrifice that power to have that interaction. But I think that it is exactly the opposite. I think there's plenty of cards in all of the cards in Magic's history that still allow you to be make a power play and still very be very interactive and social at the table. Okay. Now, when we're me when we're measuring interaction, like the top tier interaction, mm -hmm. uh, basically it's all about flexibility. You know, is it instant speed? Mm -hmm. You know, better if it's instant speed. It's better if it's cheaper. It's better if it can hit more things. Yeah. You know, it's better if it can exile rather than mm -hmm. destroy. Like all of those elements of flexibility um, sort of make the hallmarks of a really good piece of interaction. Mm -hmm. Does Druid of Purification move down below Reclamation Sage because it costs four mana instead of three. Maybe it's it's hard to say that because I personally don't think so because I'm getting so much value off of it. Like it outweighs it a lot. Plus it's in green, which means that you've probably ramped already and it's very easy to have the mana access for this specifically. Okay, so I think that this, this could be a good one for one example of saying, look, I'm willing to sacrifice that one mana in order to engage the table a little bit more yeah but well, also but also have the possibility of a four for one yes okay for me that that it makes you it pick you pick you pick you pick and you have a creature it's like a five for one never mind. you know this you is don't stupid, do i don't do math stupid <laughs> card <laughs> it's for blockers <laughs> <laughs> okay um so as we sort of talk about these different topics mm -hmm. you know we want to keep in mind well 
how are we engaging other players and how are we not losing equity yeah. um, in our own sort of win percentage because mm -hmm. there are cool ducks out there and there are cool cards out there that are a little bit slower, a little bit clunkier, but oh, definitely yeah. like our conversation starters and stuff like that. Oh, there's, you know? there's so many cards like that. And those are cards that I like to play, but because we're talking about this specifically, I know that that's not everybody's preferred play style. So I was like, you know what, let's just talk about some of the ones that are really Walk the line. Yeah, right? yeah. They're like, okay, I see, I see how that can be really, really fun and still powerful. And we'll, so we'll go back and forth and decide whether we successfully walk the line, whether this is something that we would play in a powerful deck that gives you enough value, or whether it's a, oh, this is actually just like a funny card that you know yeah. interacts with your opponent. So we'll mm -hmm. talk about that. Okay, so I think that one of the first topics that we have to talk about is is shared responsibility. That basically, if we share certain things with the whole table, mm -hmm. then it's really hard to shift the blame all on you. Yeah, you don't put a target on your back as much. So when you played this Druid of Purification, uh, you should have gotten all of the blame, but somehow you didn't. I mean, you know everybody, I mean? everybody won. So it's a lot harder to point the finger. And I think that's exactly what this kind of topic in this part of our... Uh, our episode is going to talk about because once you have you like get in that position where you're like playing the puppeteer but you're not quite like putting a target on you you're like everybody benefits this is great for everybody and then you're like oh but he actually blew up this one thing and then they ganged up on me and you're like okay well now i don't know where to like put my so involving other people means that other people also share the blame, share the the feelings and stuff like yes. that, even though you are the one that caused it, that put the card in your deck, that put the card in your deck, that paid the mana, that played the card, that set everything in motion. Well, you know. Okay, so what are some other cards that have interesting sort of shared responsibility? So another card that has really great uh, shared responsibility is Volcanic Offering. It's four and a red. It's an instant destroy target non-basic land you don't control and target non-basic land of an opponent's choice you don't control. Volcanic Offering deals seven damage to target creature you don't control and seven damage to target creature of an opponent's choice you don't control. Okay, so you get to, for five mana at instant speed, you get to destroy uh, two non-basic lands mm -hmm. and kill two creatures. The catch is that uh, you have to have someone, I mean, it can never be your own stuff. Yeah, it can never but, be your own stuff. But to get two lands that you want and two creatures that you want, you have to have someone else working with you. Yes. Um, so is it hard to get someone else to work with you? I don't think so. I think if you've threat assessed the table correctly, like you just pick the person that's also either in a very compromised situation or that is already kind of like willing to make a deal with you. Because so sometimes people will just offer it. You're like, I'm going to play this. And they're like, oh, well, I, I'd love to get rid of this thing. <laughs> I'm going to play Volcanic Offering. I have an offering for you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to make I mean, a deal? I mean, yeah, a lot of people, and I think in our play group very specifically, I think that a lot of people are quick to jump into those political deals, Yeah. Um, which, by the way, like does share that responsibility. It sort of means that it's two against one rather than you killing things. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to killing lands, that becomes really important too because people can get salty if you blow up two of their non-basic lands. Yeah. But if it's two people deciding that, then suddenly it's harder to differentiate. Yeah, it's much harder to be like, well, you did that. And even when, like, I don't play a lot of land destruction, but when I do, it, <laughs> it shares responsibility. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, 
it's it makes it a lot harder to get your feelings in check depending on who you are as a person Mm -hmm. to be like well it's definitely your fault because now you're like well there's two people and two out of four you're like oh i don't know yeah (laughs) all right next up we have uh a card that literally has everyone voting. Of course, you're sharing responsibility if it's a Democratic card like this. It's council's judgment. One white wife for a sorcery. Will of the council. Starting with you, each player votes for a non-land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. So this is pretty efficient. Exile-based removal. So good. That gets around things like Shroud and Hexproof because you vote for it. Yep. You're not targeting Targeting it. it, yeah. Yeah. So this is just a solid piece of removal, but... Like, are we opening ourselves up to being blown out by letting everyone vote? Maybe, but I guess it's just a risk you have to be willing to take. Or did you misread the table by playing this into a situation? Yeah, I think a lot of the times is like, yeah, I think it is usually like you misread the table and you get blown out because of it. (laughs) Um, But I think there's a lot of times where, and this I think is where you have to be really smart about playing cards like this uh, that are very interactive. You have to be a very good judge at the table at that leader. Like, is this going to be successful? Is this going to like completely like blow me out afterwards? Am I making a good decision? And by the way, getting blown out, by the way, just means that the thing you wanted to get rid of doesn't get rid of. Yes. You know what I mean? You pick something and then everyone else picks something else. And you're like, okay, well, and that then that's your, your blowout is still a one for one. Yeah. <laughs> just not exactly what you want. Yeah. You're like, it wasn't the best thing that could ever happen, but It's not the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, But I love cards like these that have this like um, text that say like will of the council because all of those cards prompt you to have the whole group make a vote or a decision or something like that. And it's for me a lot of fun. I think it's really cool. Definitely interactive. Like people have to talk about this card when it hits the battlefield. They they have to plan things out and they have to kind of trust each other because it goes around in order. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, if you if it goes around, like people can change their votes. Like, you can vote for something, and then and then I can be like, well, I didn't know you were going to vote for that, or I'm going to vote for something different. Yeah. Because so in many cases, this could be a two for one mm-hmm. or a three for one uh, exile removal. It can be quite good. Yeah, and I think the other thing of playing cards like this, it allows you to get a little bit more insight into what a player is intending to do, what their true. Uh, nature and instincts or whatever they're planning and scheming at the table i know you're like but but it does because you're like you're now giving these options to people at the table that they might not have had before and so you can kind of see where they're going with it which allows you to like just a little insight Mm. as if you because most of the time you're playing a poker game nobody wants to tell you what they're going to do and now you're like oh well now now i'm peeking at your hand will of the council I'm not only looking at your game actions, but I can understand you on a deeper level. Watch <laughs> <laughs> the words see, right out I of my mouth. I can see your motivations <laughs> and your, your desires and passions in future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next, we have a card. Oh, I love this card. Yeah, the, the tempting offer cycle. I've used uh, tempt with discovery for an example. Three and a green for a sorcery tempting offer. Search your library for a land card. Put it on the battlefield. Each opponent may search their library for a land card and put it on the battlefield for each opponent that searches their library. This way, you can get another land shuffle. I think it's pretty great. And and like we said with the Will of Councils, the tempting offer is still that kind of way. You're like, all right, well, you can do this, but if you do this. I get to do that. Okay, so I, I I know that this card starts the conversation, which is definitely what we wanna we wanna have happen. Yes. But I'm also wondering, like, haven't 
people realized at this point in time that this card is like a trap and it's never good to take the tempting offer? It's a trap. Um, or do you think, do you still, do you play this card? I Yes, I think it depends on- Do people on, still take the offer? Yeah, I think it depends on where they are. Because if somebody's behind, they're not going to say no to get an extra card. Mm. So like I said, it's another thing you assess the table and you're like, hmm, is somebody really far behind here? Are there a few people far behind? And if they are and you're seeing people are not being able to be as efficient with their mana, you're like, hmm, well, this would be the perfect time for me to play this because I'm definitely going to get more than one card here. Yeah. As soon as you can get two non-basic lands, like this is great. You only need one person to take the tempting yeah, offer for this to person. be really good. And sometimes it's like a, a domino effect where if one person takes it, just everyone takes it. And then yeah. you just skyrocket ahead. They're like, well, if they get a card, then I mean, I'm going to be behind. So I need a card. And again, you're shifting blame. You're sharing blame because it's not you. If you're paying four mana to get one land... Like, that's not a good card. Not really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it only becomes a good card when someone else accepts the offer, which means that it's definitely shared blame. They're not like talking, they're not arguing with you about playing the card. They're no. like, you know, Jake, why did you take the land? Oh my God, fine, I'll take the land too. Yeah, Wait, like if both of you are going to take the land, I'm going to take it too. So it shares the responsibility. It does. So one other thing though, is I'm wondering that if this is better in some like play groups than others, because I know for a fact that Josh, no matter what, if even if he's the last person, he's like, I'm not taking it. Like he just says no yeah. all the time. I think, I mean, and that's why I keep saying like assess the table, assess your, make a, make good judgment calls because you have to, mm -hmm. because there are some play groups that, that hate stuff like this, that don't want to play anything like that. And then, so you just kind of have to like feel it out you're like is, are these people going to be like because okay, if no one takes this, the offer that's it, a bad then it's card absolutely not great yeah so so basically you do have to have that you do have to like understand your opponent understand your play group and that's part of what you're talking about mm -hmm. is interacting with the other players understanding them getting like a good grasp on who they are and what, what sort of drives them mm -hmm. okay uh the next category we have is the illusion, illusion of choice. Of choice. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a choice. Pick a card. Pick a card. Just any kidding. Card. This card. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. Pick a card, any card, and guess what? I'm still gonna know what card it is, and I know exactly what you're gonna do with it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually one thing that doesn't need specific cards to have this category work. Mm -hmm. Even if I had a swords to plowshares, like a, one that you could just be like, kill that, and there's no table talk, mm -hmm. you can still make it interactive and still use the illusion of choice yeah, because you can still ask everybody you're like oh well what do you what do you i don't know well what do you think and they're like oh well it's definitely gonna be this and it's definitely gonna be that and it's definitely gonna be that and you can let somebody else dictate where the direction's going and it like offloads the responsibility of you doing it to now that person because it's the first thing that the other person has heard and also you feel like it's like you're giving them the choice but they're probably killing the thing you want to Oh, yeah. Almost always, they're killing the thing that you want to have. Like, they're doing the same thing that you would want. So instead, like, you, you're holding up a counterspell and you ask the table, should I counterspell this? They're going to say yes. And so now... 100%. Like, you're giving them the choice. It feels like, oh, I gave you the choice. Like, mm -hmm. remember that time I counterspelled the thing you wanted me to? Yeah, you're like, oh, we're remember such good time, friends. Remember the time I killed the thing you wanted me to? Oh, yeah, we're great friends. But really, you actually... knew that that was going to happen. Is this... Is this a little bit manipulative? Yes. Like are you are you taking advantage of your friends, like sort of pretending that they have the choice, that they have the power, but when really like you're just kind of making them feel feel more powerful than they actually are? Isn't that life? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Well, I mean No, it's not life. <laughs> what I am reevaluating our friendship, lady. I'm just kidding. But what I mean in the sense that like we do this in our game anyways. You're right. We just don't like 
let people know it's happening. And so it's plenty of things where you make deals. You're like, I'll do that. But in reality, you're doing that and you're also doing it to your benefit, right? You're like, I'm going to do that but because I want this, or I'm going to do that because I'm going to say I'm going to do this one thing because it is part of a bigger thing, but it it, it doesn't benefit you in the way that you think it's going to benefit mm. you. That's that's all, that's how most deals in Commander go. Um, okay, so the illusion, illusion of choice can be applied to just gameplay in general. It can be applied to many different cards, and it opens up table talk, and that's a good thing because you're interacting with your opponents. Yeah. But there are a couple cards that sort mm-hmm. of sort of give pretend like they're giving your opponent some choices yeah. when actually that might not be um the first one is one of my personal favorites it's fate spinner yeah and fate spinner is one and a blue blue it's a human wizard one two at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep that player chooses draw step main phase or combat phase the player skips each instance of the chosen step or phase this turn wow so they can they don't get to, they can either choose to not draw I don't know if that's ever happening. No, I don't think so. They can skip their main phase, which means they can't cast things at sorcery speed or p- play their land drop. Yeah. That sounds horrible. That's not great. Uh, or they can not attack, mm-hmm. which it's commander. Sometimes you have decks that don't even attack. Yeah. Anyways. So it feels like you're getting like a choice. It feels like this card is, you know, making you kind of like, oh, I'll just choose what I, you know, I'll do what I can need to for that turn. But it actually just sounds like you never you never choose to attack. Yeah, I, I think nine times out of 10, people are just not going to choose to attack unless they're really, really far ahead. And they're like, well, I don't need I don't need a land or, you know, whatever. But I mean, you got to be wild. So basically, you're giving them a choice, but I think that you're you're funneling them into to enough, a specific choice. Yeah, like enough. Uh, you're limiting their choices so much that you feel like, oh, well, actually, like I'm not trying to limit their card draw. I'm not like trying to limit their ability to play land drops. I just want to keep them from attacking on most turns. Yeah, I want to slow down the game, and so that's why you play it, even though it feels like I'm giving you a choice. Mm-hmm. Is there really a choice? I don't think so. Mm, okay. I would. I personally wouldn't play that card, but that's just me. <laughs> that's DJ. DJ would play that card. I do play that card. <laughs> I don't want people attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's the bad guy now? All right, here's our next card, which I know you love. I love Which this is Caravec the Merciless. Why don't you tell us about Caravec? Caravec the Merciless is five black red for a 5-4 legendary human shaman. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, Caravec the Merciless deals damage equal that spell's converted mana cost to any target. Now... I think that this is a good example of the, hey, you can just like take a normal card that has no political ramifications and sort of make it political, make it interactive for the Mm -hmm. table. Uh, I love saying, okay, um, lady, you're casting a spell. Uh, I'm not going to kill your creature with that damage. I'm not going to put it at your face. I'm actually going to let you be in charge of where that damage goes. Yeah. That way, you know, just keep Karavik alive. Yeah. As long as you keep Karavik alive, you get to send the trigger wherever your little heart desires. Do you take that deal? Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you're, you're like, well, there's there's definitely something out here that I would like to get rid of that I would not, I would prefer not to use my own cards to do. Yeah. And it and, and it is an illusion of choice. You're like, you can do this, but you know, 
if you're playing with a playgroup that you're familiar with, that most of the people there are going to have very good threat assessment. And you're like, they're going to get rid of something that is worth getting rid of. Yeah, a lot of the times your whatever you choose is great and I'm fine giving up my power so that I can gain a little bit of political advantage. Keep Kervik around. We actually saw this on an episode of Game Nights. Yeah, Ashlyn did it. Yeah, Ashlyn did it with this card and said to everyone, like, you get to choose the trigger. Just choose where it goes. And Kervik stayed around on the battlefield forever. For forever. Yeah. And when she finally cut it off because... Yeah, it was getting like really Yeah, because things were getting out of control. Uh, Kervex still like was hopefully tried to interrupt the interrupt the game a little bit. Yeah. You know, at the very end too. So definitely uh, giving people the illusion of choice kept a powerful card on the battlefield longer and still got a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Well, our next card that kind of fits into that is a crown of doom. Doom, 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 doom. Um, <laughs> it is a three mana artifact. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, it gets plus two, plus zero till end of turn, and you can pay to target player other than crown of uh, <laughs> Karen. Um, target player other than crown of doom's owner gains control of it. Activate this ability only during your turn. So. Crown of Doom, you st- it starts off on your side of the battlefield, and then you just get to donate it. Here you go, have a Crown of Doom. Yeah. Uh, creatures that attack you get plus two, plus zero. Oh. And you're like, oh, that's not, that's not great. You're uh, like, that's not great, but also you are like, that's great. <laughs> but you can then pass it to someone else, not me. Yes. But feel free to pass it to someone else yeah. on your turn and you can attack them and you're stuff just, like that. You just, you, just, you, just, you just take this and put it wherever you want. You want a little boost? Uh, here, here. I have facilitated the boost. So it basically opens up a lot of choices. Do other opponents have to attack the person with the crown of doom? No. No. But do they want that sweet, sweet plus two plus oh? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think it also changes the pacing of the game. Some of these yes. cards definitely change the pacing and, and put a little more pressure on finishing the game, which I think a lot of people can be very reserved about that playing more interactive cards can really, really slow down a game. But sometimes you can put cards in here that are like, no, you just have to attack. Yeah. Um, and then also the other side is that, you know, well, you have the crown of doom now, but you can just get rid of it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You can just and pay then, and give it away. And then you start shifting blame on other people because you gave it away. Even though I gave it to you, mm-hmm. they're the people that are attacking you. Yeah. And you're, you gave it away. You're, someone else is like, Ashlyn's like, uh, you gave the crown to me? And then you attack her. So basically you're sharing blame and there are all of these choices. You don't have to attack. You don't have to be attacked. You don't have to donate. You can donate mm-hmm. over there. But really... I'm fine no matter where it goes because it can't go with me. Like, it feels like you guys are all making choices, but really this one little sneaky card is dictating, like you said, the pace of the game. A lot of attacks that wouldn't normally happen moves you toward the end of the game. Now, this is just an example. There are a lot of cards cards. that sort of help facilitate attacks that pump other people that, you know, curses and ores and all sorts of good stuff like that. Um, And so it's more about the principle behind it but i thought this was interesting because it didn't just facilitate attacks at you but then also shifted blame as you shift the crown around to yes. other people love it um this is just a fun card <laughs> i can't believe i called this a fun <laughs> this Ooh. is just a fun card y'all just a fun card wound reflection five and a black for an enchantment at the beginning of each end step each opponent loses life equal to the life they lost this turn um this is kind of just another it's a uh, rude card. It is a very rude card. <laughs> uh, basically, if you attack your opponents, 
you get double damage. Yeah. But if you attack me, it's just normal damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've, again, we've seen this. Gisela, half damage to me, double damage to opponents. Yeah. You know, we see it with uh, things like Edric. You know, if you attack Lady, you get to draw a card. If you attack me, no card. So sad. Yeah, we you saw know. we saw it in uh, the Strixhaven uh, episode of Extra Turns where, with the Brina and he, uh, right. Jordan gave that card that made everybody else attack me to get tokens. It's like that same way where you're like, I'm not doing anything bad, but you're also over there, the puppet master, like, ha ha ha, don't exactly. attack me, you can't attack yeah. me. Yeah, so basically sometimes little bits of incentive and little bits of 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 sort of effect, things that affect the game can give the illusion of choice when really what it's doing is just funneling everyone's attention to attacking lady or, you know, deciding to attack each other or getting their own advantage. Um, and I like that. I like that, uh, those little bit of uh, political things going on. That was a lot of fun. All right. The next category we have are Punisher mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, so Punisher is a slang for spells where the opponent gets to decide how to punish themselves. Uh, usually it's a choice between two bad situations. Like the old school Punisher card was like Browbeat. Uh, two and a red for a sorcery. Any player may have Browbeat deal five damage to him or her. If no one does. That player draws three cards. So it's three mana, draw three. I like that a lot. Like it a lot. Would you take five damage to prevent me from doing that? Yeah. Yeah, see. So probably doesn't I work would. out that way. I would, but not. It, it depends on your life total. If everybody's, if you've made the assessment where everybody's kind of low and you're like, okay, I can play this now and most people are not going to take the five. Yeah. So, well, okay. But so I played Mono Red reaction, for a long time. So. Gut reaction, ladies, like, no, it's way better to take five than to yeah. draw three cards. Okay, let's go on to the next card and let's see and if I'm the And I'm very works. familiar with this, which is why I say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> risk factor is uh, two and a red for an instant. Target opponent uh, may have risk factor deal four damage to, to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards. It also has jumpstart, so you can discard a card and play it from your graveyard. Yes. So, I'm very familiar with this. So now with, with uh, risk factor... I can target the opponent. So it's just like, who wants to take five? Instead, I can say, oh, you with the low light total, I will target you. Or, lady, you want to make a deal? Yeah. Um, you don't have to take four damage. You just have to allow me to draw three cards and I won't use any of them against you. Yeah. Deal? Yeah. Okay. So now, risk factor, this Punisher mechanic worked, you know, mm -hmm. because we could focus it exactly where we wanted to. And... Uh, this is a card that is not played very much in Commander. No, I played it um, in Standard for a long time with red, mono red, red deck wins, did. which of is why I'm did. like, I don't mind. I don't mind not doing it because, and it's, so it's a better Punisher mechanic one because you can, you can dictate it a little bit more, but it, it also has jumpstart. So you can, you can do it again. Yeah. You can do it multiple times. You know, I mean, if you have a friend at the table, just be like, Hey, let me draw three. Just let me draw what, three. What could happen? What could, no, it's just like, what could happen is that I don't use any of those resources against you. Oh, yeah. Or I owe you a favor or something like that. And a single red card that draws you three, then lets you discard a card to draw three more. Pretty good. That is, a, that is some card draw right there. Yeah. Um, there's a few other Punisher mechanics that I like a lot. Um, Sin Prodder is uh, two and a red for a three-two devil with Menace. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Any opponent may have you put that card into their graveyard. If that player does, Simprotter deals damage to that player equal to the card's converted mana cost. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Mm -hmm. So in this situation, if you flip over a land, everyone just says, bin it, I take zero. You know, but what if I flip over a five drop? Yeah. And this is just, this isn't three cards. 
It's just one card. Well, just one, one, old, uh, one old guy. And, and also you have to, then it becomes really political about, well, who's going to take the five this time? Mm-hmm. So now I have a five drop and I'm like, do I get this five drop lady? Depends. Well, you guys got to decide. I mean, who's going to take the five? It depends on it's it, and it, it depends on the life total. It depends on you know what I mean. So you you have do you to make notice how like decisions. quickly with browbeat you're like I'll take the five. Yeah, but with this one it's like oh, this is going to happen every turn. Am I always going to be the one? And so what it does is it gets the table talking again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It basically says, well, who's going to take it this time? I took it last time. I can't afford it. You're at the highest life total. You do it, and you're like, no, I don't do it. Uh, and then maybe I make a deal, and I'm like, oh, you want to you want to take the five? Mm-hmm. What if you just don't and i won't use this dragon against you yeah you know and all of these are interactions all of these are ways to sort of back and forth and open up conversations and i think make the game way more fun yeah i I personally think it makes it way more fun too and like i said it gives you insight into what somebody's planning to do and it's it's a lot of fun i think another one that people are maybe a little bit more familiar for with but not that familiar is combustible gear hole people don't people aren't on the sin prodder tech no i don't uh, think so dj uh, <laughs> they all right might be now combustible gear hole yeah, it's combustible a good one gear hulk it's four and a red red six six artifact creature construct first strike whenever combustible gear hulk enters the battlefield target opponent may have you draw three cards if the player doesn't you mill three cards then combustible gear hulk deals damage to that player equal to the total mana value of those cards so that could be a lot of damage. It could, depending on what your deck is, that could be a ton of damage. So I think that the the, the way that this works really well is, again, the target opponent. Yes. You, know? you have to be smart about who you choose. So it's similar to Risk Factor. I mean, people play Combustible Gear Hulk. It makes me wonder why people aren't playing Risk Factor. Yeah, well, I think it's just a little bit more underrated and it doesn't feel quite as strong. And But I think depending on what kind of deck it is in, mm. it could be very, very strong. I think a lot of the times we all fall into, you know, trying to just get the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, going to EDH track, finding the best cards and most played cards. And sometimes the it's the sleeper cards that nobody really knows that come out of nowhere and that give, you know, cards, I don't know, horsemanship that win you the game. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I think it's important to note that all Punisher mechanics are not the same. That mm-hmm. we noticed that Browbeat was one of the ones that are like, eh, don't include that. Some of the other ones, you know, might give more choice, but it feels like with Punisher mechanics, they all, they always choose the choice that's worst for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so giving your opponents too much control could lead to a downfall. Um, I think that sometimes too, like the choices that you give them can be uh, a little bit exhausting and infuriating. Mm-hmm. You talk about something like Rhystic Study. Are you going to pay one? Well, you're going to pay one. You're going to pay one. You're going to pay one. Smothering Tithe. It's just like, I'm just going to create a treasure every turn, like it all hurts. the time, like unless you tell me not to. So like, like- I think that those are, you know, Wandering Archaic is becoming a, a staple where it's just like, well, you're going to pay two? I'm going to copy that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think if you're taxing people's mana or slowing down the game with your Punisher mechanics, it makes people not on your side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Much less likely to make any kind of deal. <laughs> much less likely to, you know, work with you in any means. Because by the way, if you're opening up a table interaction to talk, I don't think it's just being like answering, are you going to pay one? Like that doesn't that doesn't have you starting a conversation. It's just like I think it's the that's the illusion of being interactive. You're like, oh, well, it's interactive because whenever somebody does something, I get something, mm-hmm. right? Um, which could be interactive, but we're specifically talking about like actually interacting with people, having them help make decisions, having them, you know, be a part of it. Letting and, them say something besides yes or no. Yes. 
Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the ones that we previous mentioned definitely have those sort of those moments of them thinking and discussing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas are you to pay one does not have that. No, I'm not going to pay the one. Interesting. All right. We're going to look at some more effects coming up. But before we get there, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. See you in a second. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, we are back. We are talking about some interaction, but not just interacting with the battlefield, interacting with your opponents, interacting with your friends, interacting with your enemies. Keep them close. (laughs) All right, the next category we're going to talk about is, huh, this looks symmetrical. But it isn't. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about a brand new card. What is it? How do you say this? I say this, flumph. Uh, It is one and a planes, zero four creature jellyfish defender flying. Whenever flump is dealt damage, you and target opponent each draw a card. Okay. I love this. (laughs) Here's the thing. I love it too, because, and by the way, this does feel symmetrical. It's like, all right, like attack me. We'll draw a card. Yeah. Just, do you know what I mean? Like attack me. I'll block. We'll draw a card. Mm -hmm. And in one V one, yeah, it kind of is a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But we are not playing 1v1. We're usually playing 1v4. Exactly. So 1v4. One yeah. Oh, 1v3. I don't. <laughs> I told you. No math. <laughs> like, no, the, not the forbidden fire <sighs> game. Okay. We don't so, talk about that. So if let's just take this and extrapolate it into a multiplayer format. Uh, okay. I'll do the deal with you. Attack me. You draw a card. Yeah. Done. Ashlyn, do you want to attack me too? I'll do the same deal with you. Done. Okay. Symmetrical effect, right? It's totally good. Yeah. Especially because like, Josh, do you want to attack me too? No, no. Come on, Josh. (laughs) This is just fine. Just for the example. So the podcast works. Okay. Fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. We both draw a card. And chances are, if you're playing a deck, it, I mean, this creature has defending and flying. So you're probably playing a bunch of other defenders or you have tokens and things like that. So you don't mind just chump blocking like into anything. So in that scenario, how many cards did I draw? Three. three. How many cards did you draw? Three. No, you drew one card. One card. You did not. It is not the same. We are not on the same page right here. <laughs> See, it looks uh, symmetrical. It looks symmetrical. But it's not. But it is a not. <laughs> I am up three resources and, and all of you all just one. have one. That is some card draw right there. Yeah. And it feels symmetrical. It feels like I'm doing you a favor, yeah. right? And it feels unique. 
Because here's the thing, if, you, if you're going to attack me something big, I'm probably not going to block. And if you were attacking me with a 1-1, one, one, who says I'm going to give you the card? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, dude, I'll give you a favor. I'm just, I'm just, just do doing a little, a little favor. I, I see that you are perhaps behind. <laughs> Let me do you a favor and you can attack me and we get cards. I like it. Deal. Deal. Done. An- another symmetrical card is actually sort of a symmetrical commander in some situations. Yeah. So it's Selvala Explorer Returned. It's one and a green white two three legendary elf scout with parlay. So you can tap it and each player reveals the top card card of his or her library for each non land card revealed this way. Add green to your mana pool and you gain one life. Then each player draws a card. Okay, so everyone's drawing the card. This mm-hmm. is actually equal because it's not like with Flumph, I was drawing three and you were each drawing one. Yeah. In this one, we're all drawing one. Mm-hmm. Symmetrical, right? Yeah, no, it's not because I'm still getting all of that. I'm still getting all of that mana. Got it. So you have more mana to sort of utilize those cards. Yes. And uh, also, even things that are strictly symmetrical, like Howling Mine, everyone yes. gets an extra card. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what's the one where you tap it and everyone draws a card? I can't remember. Temple Bell. It's Temple Bell. Uh, <laughs> Temple Bell where you tap and draw a card. Even those ones which are actually truly symmetrical, you find ways to break that symmetry because you've built your deck around it. With Silvala, you've built your deck to to, untap, take it to back use to the back. mana, like untap, tap, untap, use the mana to, to sort of use your cards better. In many situations, if you flood everyone with extra cards, but you're the only one that has the resources to deploy them, you're then still you in. are up, essentially. Yes, because... They they p- probably haven't built their deck to take advantage of that. They have some uh, some other w- like specific way that they're they're playing their deck. And like you said, you've built your deck around taking advantage of that. So even though it seems symmetrical and it might be kind of symmetrical, you're still getting an advantage out of it. Yeah. Um. So similarly to that, we have something that's a little bit mean. Uh, yeah, it, it's pick- on the other end of the spectrum. I picked this. This was on your list. I know. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Why are you because, trying to offload well, this card on me? It's because I wanted to have examples of things that were a little bit more... Powerful. Powerful and or seemingly mean at the table. Natural balance. Two green green for a sorcery. Each player controlling six or more lands sacrifices enough lands to reduce his or her land total to five. Mm-hmm. We all go down to five lands. Each yeah. player controlling four or fewer lands searches their library for enough basic lands so they get up to five. So basically, everyone goes to five lands. Yeah, you just kind of like, you go, things are getting a little wild. Because, you know, you could be playing against somebody like Josh Lee Kwai that has a bajillion lands because he's a value master. But this kind of just like sets it back to a little bit more of an even playing field and it does sometimes it could it could feel bad it could be a feel bad card if somebody's like really far ahead and they're you're just kind of like pulling the rug out for them under well yeah like what's the difference between this and armageddon it's just five turns further on yeah but it's just you know you still everybody still has five (laughs) <laughs> ladies like ladies like trying to do some somersaults it's not that different than armageddon <laughs> but here's the thing it's the the principle is actually the same where it's like okay this is a symmetrical effect where everyone goes down to five but when you can play it you know when it's coming yeah. do you know what i mean like you can play around it you can build your deck around it mm-hmm. uh you can make sure that you have enchantments on your lands mana yep. dorks 
artifact lands yeah. where it is truly not symmetrical at all. Yeah, especially because if you're playing against somebody that has a deck that you know is going to be like really like needs a lot of mana to work. It's a five color deck. Maybe it's dragons, whatever. And you're like five color deck. I just I choose one basic of each. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that's so mean. Um, but yeah, you brought this card into I the did, world. I brought it. I did. Oh well, I didn't bring it into the world. I brought it up because there are are a lot of cards like that that can be very interactive but also are feel bad cards and i feel like if we're going to talk about the good we also have to talk about the mm, interesting not i also good. think that uh over land ramp strategies ones that just bleh, vomit lands onto the battlefield mm -hmm. are very very powerful and played a lot in our format exactly so i don't feel as bad for somebody's like literally the two three four lands per turn and they're playing like landfall and i'm like whoa whoa sit down chill out for a second like let us get back and get our boots on i think that i think that this actually is a good choice because i mentioned it's like how is it different than armageddon well actually it is it is significantly different, different because you can still operate a game of commander on five lands and i think that if you play armageddon and all the lands are destroyed then everyone's annoyed at you yeah and even if you built your deck around it you have one drops you have isamaro in your command zone or you know whatever you like even if you've built around it you're still getting those looks and, and politically it destroys you yeah and hypothetically somebody could also be behind and not have five lands and now they have five lands so you now you've done somebody turn, a favor you could play this on turn four and everyone ramps to five this could be a group hug card like that's it, it. it's a group hug card we did yeah, it that, we broke, we broke it, it. <laughs> all right i'm gonna talk about the next one it's braids conjurer adept braids my hero two blue blue for a two two legendary human wizard at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player may put an artifact creature or land card from their hand on the battlefield that's it it's symmetrical right everyone gets to put it totally. everyone gets hey on your turn your upkeep put something onto the battlefield yeah but you won't like what i put out there <laughs> <laughs> and then they put it they put something on the battlefield and then when it comes back on me i finally do it is symmetrical but i've built my deck around it i have cheap interaction yeah i have ways to steal your fancy things you've cheated on the battlefield i have big eldrazi that come onto the battlefield and attack look it feels symmetrical but i've built my deck around it it's not mm -hmm. so that's one reason why we do have to like hey if as players look out for these symmetrical effects yeah you know, but also it definitely brings up a lot of conversation. It definitely brings up that interaction where everyone gets to interact. Everyone gets something. It's more of a group thing and it's, it can be group hug, but we're not, this topic is not a group. The, hug yeah, topic. The, to the topic specifically isn't about building a group hug deck because I think that conversation is a lot different. This is more about making sure that your table is interacting and everybody's participating and that while you are still enjoying it and having fun and making sure everybody's participating, you're still benefiting from it. Yeah. Yeah, which brings us into our next topic, which is uh, lobbying Lobby your, your opponents for political favors. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. get political. So here's the thing. I'm a big fan of, of group hug effects, but not really group hug effects. I like actually to give individual hugs, mm. you know, because if I just hug everyone, then my hug isn't that special. I want to make sure that I give my hug just to Murph. Just to Murph. Just to Murph. So Murph knows that he is loved. And I, you know, don't have a card that just hugs everyone that Murph is feel, feeling loved. But also, Josh over there is winning. Why should I hug him no. if he's winning the game? I'm going to hug Murph. And mm -hmm. then Murph is going to use my hug to kill Josh, hopefully. And, and the man, the myth, the legend 
Kenrith the Returned King, which mm-hmm. is four mana and a and a white five five, allows you to do that. It's a legendary human no, uh, noble, and you can pay a red. All creatures gain trample and haste until the end of turn. You can play one and a green, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. You can play two and a white. Target player gains five life. You can pay three and a blue. Target player draws a card, and you can play four and a black. Target player. Uh, Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. You are the puppet master. You are the hug man. You are the you are you are you are telling everybody what's going to happen. Lady, I'll give your creatures haste if you don't attack me. Mm. Okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like I have seen that happen so many different times, oh. and sometimes people just they need extra help to stay in the game. Like there are tons of games that come down to arch enemy. You yes. Know? And if you, if we need resources, I'm like, all right, uh, you get that creature back. Okay, good. Um, okay. You can gain fine life, stay in the game. And, you know, and we work together to take down the one evil person. Exactly. And, and I think moments like that are super, super memorable because for me, when Josh gave me and bounced my land back with that capsize for me to play triumph of the hordes to kill Jordan and that one extra turns game, which nobody saw coming that was him giving me like a little like a little lift like hey i know this is going to benefit me it seems symmetrical Mm -hmm. but it's going to benefit me the most and i'm going to do this and it's a fun memory that like gets ingrained in your brain for every game that you go and it's like a memory you talk about when you're trying to sell somebody on playing commander you're like this one time i did this Mm -hmm. crazy thing and i needed help and this person helped me and they gave me that one thing that i needed and you're like well maybe i didn't win the game but i win because that memory stays but it's a it's a shared experience where you're not just sort of playing the game in front of you but you're playing with your with, friends yeah with everybody else at the table and yeah. i know that's not everybody's cup of tea i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat it through the whole episode but it's definitely a game that I, the game that i like to play i know you like to play as well I and like the way people don't like to play with their friends well they do but sometimes it just gets very serious business mm, i get it yeah but then the fun becomes the seriousness right yes for them yeah yeah okay. totally so kenrith the return king just awesome by the way you can use all these things on your own like you can reanimate your own <laughs> you, creatures you do and do stuff yourself. like that that's fine <laughs> like you don't have to spend your man on a friend but they know that too so if i happen to spend my man and let you draw a card that's a i mean you're gonna do me a favor right yeah all right there we go it's, it's a political have thing the, have the ability to do if you have the ability to grant favors and to and to work around the table then you suddenly have access to more cards more decks more people on your sides you know more ways to win the game mm-hmm all right. Next up, we have the technique cycle. This one is excavation technique. It's three and a white for a sorcery. It has demonstrate. Uh, destroy target non-land permanent. Its controller creates two treasure tokens. So four mana, destroy something at sorcery speed, create two treasures. You know. Mm-hmm. Generous gift does it at instant speed for three mana and they get an elephant. So Who likes elephants anyways? Am I right? unbelievable <laughs> okay so excavation technique not as not as good as some other pieces of interaction and so we're we're coming up into this other thing where it's like well do we play subpar interaction for this other effect and i think that we might you know i think being yeah, able to give you the gift of a removal spell 
saying like, look, you can have the gift of a removal spell, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that allows me to have too. It, it goes back to some other topics that we talked about, like sharing responsibility, mm -hmm. but also it's like a big political favor for me to be like, look, you can, you can use this because there's no control. It's not like there's voting or anything like that. It's like, it is a removal spell for you. Yeah, it definitely, it depends on the player. It depends on the deck, you know what I mean? And I think that's okay. Right? How about like an even bigger gift? This isn't just the gift of a removal spell. Oh, this one? Yeah. Oh, well, this 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 is the wrong turn. Um, so <laughs> this is two and a blue. It's an instant. Target opponent gains control of target creature. You just get to give somebody something or take something. Target opponent. So, yeah, sorry. Not take so something. So you can't take something. But that's you, the whole thing is like you, if get, you could just steal something in instant speed, that's broken, amazing. right? But you get to give something somebody. So now you're also being able to shift the blame. Because you're just target opponent. And right? I don't get the creature. It's like, you did, I didn't get the creature. I just like moved it at you. Yeah. You're like, you have it. Well, what do you do with it? <laughs> That's a big gift. <laughs> I think that this is a really fun card and a really interesting removal spell. Because if I were to give you a powerful creature and it was my doing, yeah. would you attack me with it? No. Would well, you make it that depends, deal, make on that how deal though? Yeah. Because I, well, I, I wouldn't give I it to always, you. Then. I always make like weird deals. That's just me though. <laughs> I'm always like, give me the crazy deal. Give it to me. I'll do it. But I mean, like, what's the other option? The other option is me like saying like, okay, this, this horrible thing is attacking me. All right. Um, would I, I'm going to give it to someone. Are you going to yeah. take the deal or not? Yeah. Okay, done. And then suddenly someone loses the creature. You gain the creature, but I've removed it because you've promised me that it's not going to attack me. Yeah. You're now up a creature, which is a really good situation for you, but yes. you owe me. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Political favors. I think uh, another really fun, quirky card is Scheming Symmetry. Uh, it is just one black, and it's a sorcery. Choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that uh, card on top. So it's not quite a full tutor, but it's you're giving two people. Yeah. Almost Vampire tutor. tutor is a very powerful card. Yes. You know, and so scheming symmetry, allowing both of us to have access to the card that we want is really great. And it is a big favor. I think that this card is fantastic. I also think that this card can be used really strongly politically. You look at the battlefield and you're like, all right, we need a removal spell. We need to, we need to answer three of DJ's enchantments, you know, or something like that. We need a removal spell. Okay. Um, lady, uh, I'll set up your next draw so you can get a removal spell. Okay. Oh, sounds great. Okay, uh, scheming symmetry, lady. I'm gonna choose you. You can get that removal spell. Oh, okay. I get to set up my draw. So now, what have I done? I've played a card that tutors to the, what I need to the top of my my library. Done. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I've given Lady the chance to get whatever she wants, but she isn't actually getting what she wants. She's getting what you I want. want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or what you, the table wants. It could be collected. Yeah, it but could it's be that collected. illusion of choice again. Yes. It's where you can go, hey, we really need to get rid of this thing. I'm going to play this card so you can tutor to get the, the removal, right? You're, you're convincing using, me to get the removal. Yes. Well, you can just get whatever you want and you've completely handed off the responsibility of dealing with it. You're like, but you're going to do it. You're like, I'm going to do this because you're going to do that, right? Yes. You're going to do you're going to do that favor for me. But you can just get anything that could just completely take over the game i mean lady it's on the top of my library i mean like it's yeah no. yeah it's great i love that by the way as well because of removal like uh board wipes are often a thing that's gotten so it's like i'm gonna get you get a board wipe for you oh thank you you're gonna get a board wipe okay and then so it then wipes you, everything you use your draw by the way you use your card you use your mana it wipes everything and what's on the top of my deck it's like 
hmm, rebuilding card right yes, on top of my library. Exactly. Ooh, I love it. Uh, and then one more uh, sort of political favor is Dawn Break Reclaimer. Four white white for a 5-5 five, five angel with flying. At the beginning of your end step, choose a creature card in an opponent's graveyard. Then that player chooses a creature card in your graveyard. You can decide to return those cards to the battlefield. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm going to choose this. Lady, come choose something in my grave. Yeah, I'm going to choose that. Okay, uh, oh, come on. You did not do the deal right. No deal. Doesn't Nothing happens. Yeah. But, but if we're on the same page, if we've done this political favor, boom, both of those creatures come back. What up? We just did like double reanimation and we can do this every single turn. We're about to share victory on this game. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I'm sure that card would be like amazing in like a two-headed giant situation. Or, you know, when you're Why sitting at the table. Why not make every game a two-headed giant know. situation? I know, I'm just when you're sitting yeah. at the table and like you're like, okay, well, you're behind. And we're both kind of behind. So let's like gang together, which happens at the table quite often. Let's and gang sure, together. And make fun games. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great. If you're not working together against the, the evil opponent that is up on the table, then. Are you even. Yeah, I know. Are you even playing? You're just like, come on. <laughs> let's collaborate well our next little section which i mean i think is great is speak softly and carry a big stick look some of these cards are really cute some of them are designed to get the table talking more so than getting your point across some of them actually a lot of them we've sort of pointed out are not the most efficient do you know what i mean and so when you are sort of slowing down your game plan a little bit, then you might need some big ways to catch back up, some big effects, mm -hmm. and some big talking points. Oh, yeah. Some big sticks. And I think the first big stick we have is Illusionist Gambit. Um, it's two and a blue, blue, instant. Cast Illusionist Gambit only during the declare blocker step on an opponent's turn. Remove all attacking creatures from combat and untap them. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Phase Each of those creatures attacks the that combat if able. Uh, they can't attack you or a planeswalker you control that combat. So this just messes with all of the combat. And look, I know it's it's a little bit cute, right? Yeah, it's a little a little cheeky. I know. And so could we just have like a fog in here to protect ourselves, yeah. right? Could we have like a, you know, a settle the wreckage that sure. can sort of just board wipe someone that attacks you or an etherize or, you know, all sorts of different things. Yes, there's all sorts of different ways to answer it. But this seems to be sort of a, a it bees, it's on theme. It's a fun, interactive way that just says, Oh, ho, you're going to turn on me. You're going to be the one that wins. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, let's mix it all around and do all sorts of other stuff. And it forces them to attack somebody else. Do you know what this card reminds me of too, is another sort of big effect to disrupt decorum. Yes. This just goads all the creatures. And mm -hmm. so this is sort of a big thing where yes, you're, having people interact with the board, but you know, you are still have a choice. You get to attack, not yeah. me, of course, but you get to attack other people too. You get to attack them and them. They get to attack you and basically disrupt decorum, newly reprinted. Hopefully the price is going down. It has won me games that I did not deserve to win. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. It's just like, you're like, well, you can't attack me. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that figure it out is the interaction. That's the yes. way that people can be like, because I have to communicate. I guess we got to figure it out. Yeah. Or they're just like, figure out nothing. Swing at you. <laughs> um, I, you know, I mentioned a way to sort of a, an outlet, you know, as a board wipe or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that there might be a better board wipe, one that you can sort of give political favors through. 
Yeah, um, that would probably be Tragic Arrogance. It is three and a white-white sorcery. For each player you choose from among the permanents, that player controls an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker. Then each player sacrifices all other non-land permanents they control. So this feels symmetrical. It's not. You choose your best things. You choose the worst things from your opponents. Uh, it's also somewhere where you can give political favors. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to keep your big dragon? Done. You can keep your big dragon. Just don't attack me with it or do me a favor. Yeah. So suddenly you have the ability to grant favors to manipulate the game in your in your way while still being a board wipe and answering the things that you need to answer. Uh we're just getting creative with it. I think that's really what it is, is because, yes, some of these cards, there could be better versions of those cards that are just a little bit more straightforward and, like, to the point. But, I mean... Yeah, there's let's four get, mana board wipes. Let's get freaky with it. There are four mana board wipes, but I've seen many situations where tragic arrogance does more. Because sometimes it feels bad because sometimes a board wipe completely resets everything, which is kind of what is needed. But sometimes not resetting it all the way mm -hmm. can kind of, like, keep the momentum of the game going. Yeah, I totally agree. So, and I think also when we're talking about sort of your your big stick, mm -hmm. it could be a lot of traditional cards too. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes when you speak softly, like when you sort of you're p being political, you're being nice to everyone and stuff like that. And then when you say like, okay, it's time now, you might not reach for a cute political card. No, yeah. You I, might reach for a traditionally powerful you, card. You call it speaking softly and carrying a big stick. I call it stabbing somebody with a smile. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no. I got it. Okay. So let's talk about the the sort of the takeaways from all of these different categories. Have we learned any sort of larger way to interact with our, with our opponents? Uh, does this actually make the game more fun? I personally think it does. I mean, it was my topic to begin with. So <laughs> I, I feel very passionate about making games interactive and fun. And in a creative way, also, because like I don't mind playing just janky cards because I can play janky cards. But this, in the way that we're discussing it, is creating the flavor and still having the substance. Do you think a lot of uh, Commander players are afraid of those janky cards? They're like, I'm you know, I'm giving up too much by playing this, like... Not to get philosophical on you or anything, but I mm. feel like there's a lot of pressure in the commander community to play the best cards all the time, to want to play the most popular cards, to want to be the best and, and do like that. Like no one ever was? Yeah, like no one ever was. Yeah. Um, and that, that can be a lot of pressure, especially for new players coming in. And so that's why I always like to advocate for finding creative ways to do kind of the same thing. It might not be, chances are those cards are going to be cheaper, way, way cheaper mm -hmm. than the most popular cards and still effective in a very creative way. So the basically it opens up your own creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, it opens up. Also, by the way, if, if you are playing the underpowered deck, now if you feel like you're working, if you need those extra, you know, little bits of power to be able to mm -hmm. win games, uh, you might need to make allies to yeah. be able to win those games. Mm -hmm. You know, you might need to be able to work together to gain uh, more advantage by being political than by having the best, most powerful, most efficient. Yeah, spell. It, it's the classic story of the tortoise and the hare. The tortoise and the hare. Yeah, the tortoise had a bunch of friends, and that's why. No, I mean in the sense so that, that like hare slow... was a jerk, and then three turtles came <laughs> and beat him up, and was like was super slow punches. It was like. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe the analogy That's doesn't what work you get as for well. Spending more money on your commercial uh, deck. No, but in the sense that like it's slow and steady. Like your your deck can be slow and steady and still effective. But by you making partnerships with the people around you, the other turtles around you, right? Then you yeah. you get to defeat the hair. You don't have to be. You basically. You do not have to be as fast and and, and explosive yes. as other decks if when you are slower, you get more value out of it. Yeah. If your brain power is still there, you can still, like, you can still, I've seen people pilot very expensive competitive decks and still lose. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so all the time. What it's are you like, yeah. it's like you, you just have to be really smart about it. And I think the more that you get, like, all brain power with it, you know, dig deep, try to really analyze your opponent's decision-making and stuff like that, then it helps you allow to make better decisions. And I love this whole idea of, you know, getting interactive at the table. I, um, I had a follower of mine recommend uh, a deck to me. His name's Jeff Roberts, and it's called um, Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't. And it's all based on player decision and player interaction, where almost every card in the deck is kind of like, offshooting the responsibility of making kind of maybe terrible decisions but you're like but you you get to make that bad decision i don't get to do it and it makes it like kind of chaotic and fun at the table i love it i love it and that's kind of what we're like that's a whole deck built around the concept that we're talking about we're talking about like a couple cards to sort of spice up your thing Mm -hmm. but like that's a whole deck you can go deep like you can make a whole deck about about this sort of philosophy think of like it's kind of um a little like unsanctioned e like it feels a little like silver bordery sometimes Mm -hmm. uh but i think that can be fun especially when you like pepper in some like really big big crazy cards i know Mm -hmm. right for sure all right uh to the listeners what are you, the best ways that you have to get the table talking? Do you have any specific cards? Do you even have a whole deck that yeah. deals with like player interaction? Tell and me choices? about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet directly at Lady <laughs> to be like, or tell us right down there in the comments and be like, here is my entire deck list. But we want to know because these are cards that are not at the top of, you know, mm-hmm. EDH Rex lists. You know what I mean? These are cards that are just a little bit more interesting, more interactive. Uh, start more conversations than the average card. And we want to play those in our decks. Mm -hmm. All right. We have a special thanks to card kingdom. Yes. You're going to buy magic cards. We know you are. I know you're going to get some of these cards. We are too. Yeah. You're going to get the the druid of purification, stupid, the the druid of stupid. Uh, (laughs) We know you're going to go out and get one. So you should go head on over to cardkingdomcom slash command zone and pick up some copies. It helps out the show and it gets you great cards quickly. And you want to make sure you protect those cards. So you are going to want to check out Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro. Because you're going to be able to, the flavor that you're adding to your deck, you can add to your sleeves and keep your decks protected in them. And that's where I keep all my stuff. And I, I, I mean, it, they're coming out with some really, really cool, really unique stuff. So make sure to check out Ultra Pro. Definitely. All right. The end step. We have an end step. We have an end step. I don't even, I can't, I work here. I can't even tell you the last time we had an end step. (laughs) All right. There is a book that I read recently. uh, And let me tell you a little bit about it. Okay. So the book is called Project Hail Mary. It's by Andy Weir. If you've heard of Andy Weir, it's because he wrote a super duper bestseller called The Martian, which was turned into a movie with Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon. Do you love Matt? Did you, have you seen the movie? Yes. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. So this is... So the way that this guy writes is really interesting because it gets really like into these minute details and it feels 
silly and real at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he wrote another book uh, called Artemis, and it was fine. It was fine. It was okay. But his newest book is called Project Hail Mary, and it is so much fun. It has me thinking about The Martian. It, it's got a little bit of overlap. But the thing that I love is that it is fun, but technical uh, and uh, not it's not told in like a normal timeline sort of way. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up being not really predictable. Uh, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And so if you liked The Martian and you like Andy Weir and you like reading science fiction books, I do. then yeah, then gonna, Project I'm, Hail Mary. I'm definitely going to check it out because I love science fiction books. I think you'll like it too. All right. Let's send give, us home. Let's send us home, some, DJ. Let's give some thanks. Big thanks to our amazing team at the Command Zone, starting off with... Lady Danger! Lady Danger! <laughs> Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Metacroft, Sam Waldo, and Grav Gaudi. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer the, for the Living Card and animations that start and end our episode at Living Cards MTG. Lady, thank you so much for joining us. For having me. Thank you for introducing us to this really interesting and compelling topic. I'm excited to see what everyone writes down below. Me too. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later. Alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.